Hello. Here we are. Episode 200. You're listening to Movie Schmovie. I'm Steve. I'm John. I'm Ron. I've we... downloaded this app, and I've wanted to do this for um, what feels like months now, as we've kind of tiptoed around episode 200. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's, it's so old and outdated, but I've always wanted to do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Let you. me tell you something. The <laughs> Jamaican you. air horn will never get old. <laughs> I got I'm... an app, and like... I love it, and it's got some cool sound effects on it, but, I mean, when is... That's always funny to me. Yeah. And episode 200, I just felt like I had to... I do Jamaican air horns in my stand-up, so, like... You should. They're hilarious. It's hilarious, man. Thank you. You will always get me laughing. (laughs) It's also got something called a movie horn, which is very generic sounding, but sounds like this. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. Oh, that's like, that sound that they make when they're showing all the danger coming, yeah, like War of the Worlds <laughs> yes. or Inception or something. I, they play that sound so much <laughs> that I've kind of gotten used to. Oh, you mean like when danger comes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, right, danger's right, coming right. in episode two hundred. I hear. Well, I don't know what we can expect from episode two hundred because I've got actually something to share with you guys that is actually kind of I've put some work into this and I hope you guys appreciate cool. I'm it. I'm ready but for I, it. I want you to know that it's it's a bit of a journey. We're going to go on a journey together. Let's do it. Maybe several journeys. Okay. But I also realized something. I just have to say this because I'm, uh, uh, you know, I'm a nerd, and I have to point this out. We're mm-hmm. celebrating that this is our 200th episode. But it's actually. But with all the point fives yeah. that we've had, we've had 18.5 episodes yeah. in the past. So we're actually a little bit ahead of where, of that. That just means we've got in some really good practice. That now that yeah. we're acknowledging oh, yeah. 200, we we actually it's almost like we blew past it. We got through whatever hurdle that would have been. Mm. Right, right, that right. We're safely. We can. This is really 200. You know what I mean? We've, they were all just like bonus. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is the true benchmark. Exactly. For us. At what point do you think we got to a point where we're like throwing alley oops to each other from half court? When do you think that? <laughs> so we. Mm. Let me go back in time. As a sports non aficionado, <laughs> what did that euphemism mean? Uh, just, just like <laughs> setting it up for a dunk. So okay. basically, or... basically, at what point did we get so comfortable with each other that we're, you know, uh, our chemistry is such that. Or our chemistry. Our, yeah. ch- <laughs> our chemistry Let's be is honest, so good. That's that how you pronounce it. We could just run towards the hoop. Yeah. One of us could just throw, just throw it towards it the hoop. Boom. Take it Slam down. Slam dunk. When do you think it got to that point? I, I think I honestly think it was a while ago. It was a long time ago. It was ago, a long time but ago. But there's something yeah. that always stands in my mind, and I don't know why. Oh, I know why, because it was a really fun episode. But I feel like something just was really clicking when we did the Oblivion episode, <laughs> and you realized that sci-fi was a thing. And we can all trace it and thank Tom Cruise for it. I don't know what it was, but there was a comfort level with us being comfortable with you basically acknowledging that film as like one of the first sci-fi movies. And like, you know what? That's okay, Ronald. Because uh, from that point on, you know, it's like this whole world opened up to you. There's something so there's a level of trust, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I would, I would, I would say that's a point for me where it just felt like this is safe. <laughs> Sci-fi started in 2014, mm-hmm. apparently, or whatever that yeah. was. And uh, I don't know. That was a good time. Well, I came in at episode 39, and I know I listened before that, and I thought it would be fun to be on it because you guys had a chemistry that I thought was... Like, I kept wanting to jump in. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think you guys were probably... Pretty early, you hit a form of chemistry, but it kept evolving. Yeah. Yeah. And then when I came in, I think that became another little period of adjustment. But very early on, we did, maybe it may have even been my second or third episode, but when we talked about the Total Recall remake. Oh, oh yeah, man. And then we talked about Schwarzenegger. <laughs> 
I have really fond memories of that. That's when I thought like, okay, we can talk about movies and then get into some pocket of joking around yeah. where we're kind of taking the baton, at, you know, from each other. And yeah, I thought yeah. that, that it's not like every episode has that, but I do think back on certain episodes. And that's one I think of oftentimes as like, if I was a listener, I think I would have fond memories of just how silly we got and also how silly Schwarzenegger's appeal is and his kind yeah. of template and oh yeah it, we've never gone back and done what we said in that episode we would do which would be basically just an episode all about Arnold his movies, oh, we yeah. can and I think we that. could totally do that um, we could do a multi-part series on, on Arnold but that was the time where I sort of thought okay beyond just talking <clears throat> about movies we are we're getting at little little things that I've always sort of wanted to talk to people just about just chit chat yeah. yeah but what about you Any anything stand out Ronald? Um, that was one of the ones I think when I tried to pronounce so there's somebody's name that I tried to pronounce George Takai <laughs> you guys killed me or is it Takai John saved you I was letting it I was gonna let you just like it you were saying like Scott Deca Scott Deca Scott Deca <laughs> yeah. an aneurysm it just felt like something was going on the best part of it was that like it wasn't even like you were just fucking around I was not you genuinely around. were having trouble like getting the words I was having a problem with it like visually watching you I can remember like you were trying really, really hard. There's something about flailing in the water, and I see you at the top, not reaching not for me. For you. <laughs> like, I'm just holding the line. Ronald, it's the horror movie moment of like you look up and you see Steve just kind of staring down at you, and I am going, "We need to find a phone. Yes. We need to call for help." And I'm like looking around, yes. and Steve's sort of like, and I'm just giggling. Give him time. <laughs> I'm asking him. Like, but, he's I'm gonna do this. He yeah. can swim. You want me to figure it out? <laughs> Like, oh God, that was funny, man. Yeah. That was one of the one of the moments that I really enjoyed. Yeah, I think also the Schmovie Awards have been like a thing where yeah, I look forward to those a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Not just because like you know we do our best of episodes separately, but the Schmovie Awards are just always fun because like we have like the categories that like fit the conversations that we've had. You right, know? like mm-hmm. things come up and it's a nice way to kind of touch back on the year and like you know. You, you'll go back and listen to episodes or we'll listen to episodes and like find those moments that were really funny and kind of show the chemistry that we have and like the fun that we have making the podcast so it's always fun to have an award yeah our, our most important award that there is obviously um and most of the categories are just ways to like take a running joke and yeah. tie it up in a nice little bow and say know? that was a good year yeah. you know yeah. and that, that was that year and so those are always really fun to me because like I think it all comes together because even as we're reading about, like, we're reading off our nominees or talking about who's winning, like, it's just a nice, like, trip down the prior year and realizes, yeah. like, we had a lot of fun making this podcast. And it's it's cool to realize that we can look back and have that many things to laugh about or to have a, a category oh, yeah. about or mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, it's just it's just a good thing. Yeah, I'm I mean, to those. it's very apparent that what we do is a labor of love. We all have our three adult lives, and the fact that we find the time, we make time mm-hmm. yeah. to do this, is is indicative of what we think of each other and the sure. podcast. And it, it's fun. It's a fun thing to do. And the three to six of you out there that may be listening. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> it matters a, a lot. It does, man. It does. Well, this is a bit of a trip down memory lane that we're having, so it's really the best time to introduce to you guys the concept uh, that I've been painstaking time working machine! on. Time <laughs> machine! I don't have it out. You I'm think you're joking, you? Steve, but guys, look at what I've been working on. What is oh, what this is contraption that? that you have? Well, what are those little like rods and things poking out of it? Well, this is something I would like to call a time caster. Okay. Time caster. Now, it's like a time machine, but you know how often mm. in time machine stories or stories about time travel, you go back, you, you fuck around with too much, mm. you ruin everything. Fucks up everything. So this actually tries to remedy mm. that by making it so that you can only go back 
You can only stay for about 10 minutes. Mm. Okay. And you can only, the only thing you can do is podcast from that era. Oh, wow. Okay. So what I've done is I've entered in all of the months prior to Movie Schmovie existing as a show. Now, Movie Schmovie started in May of 2011. Okay. So I've just, and I've also decided that your movie going life, making choices for yourself sort of begins around 12 or 13, somewhere in that zone. That's when you start maybe sneaking into R-rated films on your own. Sure. Renting movies with friends on your own. So... And you would have been 12 or 13 in what year, Ronald? Oh, uh, well, that would have been 2005, 2006. <laughs> no way. Yeah. No 12? way. You were born in the 80s, bro. Tw- I'll be 12? It'd be 12 or 13. And you'd, about- be the, you'd be in the 90s. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Hashtag math. I meant 95 yeah. or 96. What did I say? 2000. No, no. So sorry. Ryan. You do look young. <laughs> Thank you. 95 or 96. I apologize. Steve Ronald is a public figure now yes. with his comedy. He's probably done that thing where some agent has said you're going to have to shave you 10 years off. Your life. We can't say how you how old you really are. But, but basically, the timecaster will take us to any month between January 1995 till December 2010, mm-hmm. and we'll just look at all the movies released during that month, and we'll see if maybe. These movies missed a chance to have a discussion on movie schmovie. We'll find out maybe a little bit about what we were doing during sure. that time period. Okay, it might be a little uncomfortable okay. right, for some of us. Um, <laughs> some no doubt. But my my, I call this episode "Movies Without a Schmovie" because okay. we're trying to go back and find those movies that didn't bring have them, a schmovie bring them right. and bring them into the fold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I thought I could have gone back to like when you were born, or even before any of us were born. But I feel mm-hmm. like that might not mean anything. So these are all. Months where the three of us may have been making the decision, looking in that newspaper, okay, deciding what movie to go see. Okay, so, some, some months might be dry months where you go, "Wow, that was really not a good month for movies." Yeah, but the key is, once we go to an era, guys, we can't, we have to get out of there in ten minutes. Okay, because if we get shit. stuck there, we may have to time cast from say nineteen ninety seven forever. Okay, wow. sounds good. That uh, n- doesn't sound good that we get stuck. Right, sounds good that we're going to be in there for. This 10 is minutes. the true test of our ability to keep an episode out under so many minutes. Right, right. That Jason Conti will really appreciate this. Right. This, this, this idea. So the I don't know who wants to get it started. I'll get it started. Okay, so just oh, hold on a second. Is it? It's going to have to reset this. So we're calibrating the time He's, he's right handing now. this thing to me. If you could imagine, it's like a a digital etch a sketch. Yes. If if that had sex with a bop it. If the knobs could, out the side, out the twist. Side. Yeah. If yeah, you could imagine, yeah, yeah, yeah. these two things had sex with each other. So you other. have the dials on the bottom, yep. screen in the center, yeah. a rounded rectangle, yeah. and then these and this weird knobs that turn forward, backwards, bop it, pull it. Oh, yeah. All metallic, which, which is so fucking Very weird. shiny. Yeah, yeah, very yeah, shiny. Yeah, you can you. kind of see your reflection in it. <laughs> I'm ready for it, though. It'd be cooler if the reflection that we're seeing was of our 12 or 13-year-old self. <laughs> That's for the uh, version two. That's so for Timecaster 2.0. So many dick jokes. All right, guys. So you may have noticed I actually put seatbelts. Yeah, it'll reflect your dick at 12 or 13. Yeah. <laughs> Not your face. What your dick looked like then. So, guys, you may have noticed I put seatbelts on our chairs today. Uh, right, so right, right. Everybody I'm make sure you're, you're belted in. All right. Absolutely. Ronald, do you want click, to start? Click. Just hit the button right there, the, the glowing red pulsating button. Okay. But don't hold on to it. Oh, God, this thing is... Oh, jeez. So, May of 2000. Okay. A list of movies that came out in the month of May. All right. In 2000. I'm going to go through a few of these I don't think I've ever heard. The Basket. Oh, my God. Divine Trash. Gladiator. Human Traffic. Michael Jordan to the Max. <laughs> 
That was an IMAX movie. I remember that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Hamlet. I'm not sure which version of Hamlet this was. Ethan Hawke. Probably so. Dinosaur. Was that the Disney film? Yeah. <laughs> Road Trip, Small Time Crooks, Ooh. Mission Impossible 2, and Shanghai Noon. Mm -hmm. So those were some movies. So May of 2000. How old are you in May of 2000, Steve? I am 18 years old. You're 18 years old. 2000. Were you watching a lot of movies? Absolutely. Okay. So did, yeah. did any of those titles seem familiar to you? Do you think you saw any of those in the theater? Did you have Absolutely. Mm, me too. Absolutely. What rises to the to the forefront? Uh, Road Trip and Gladiator. Okay. Um, for completely different reasons. <laughs> it was a great double feature. Yeah. Road trip for me. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that movie. <laughs> in in 2000, I really liked that movie. Yeah. Yeah. So was that the beginning of Russell Crowe? Or was that like the I apex so. of Russell Crowe? That was the beginning of his legend. Yeah. I'll say that, man. Because that's I remember seeing him on Entertainment Tonight. I remember... Doo -doo 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 -doo. Russell Crowe, I remember seeing him well, in Well, that the... jingle still exists right now, where we're at, in 2000. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. It's playing on a TV somewhere right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Him being... Yeah. I definitely remember Russell Crowe. 2000. That was a time, man. That was a time... I had just moved up to Baltimore. Oh, really? So I would have been... When that movie came out, I would have been 27. Mm-hmm. And I... Because I remember walking out of the theater at White Marsh and feeling like... Oh, shit. My 10-year-old that lives inside me had not seen a movie that quite tickled its fancy... Right. Quite like Gladiator before that. Right. But I don't know if my impression of that movie has dimmed <clears throat> through time or not. It's almost hard for me to plug into the way that it, when I saw that... It, we weren't in the age that we are now of all of these big tentpole franchises and these larger-than-life sagas that uh, we're going to keep going and all this yeah, knowledge yeah. about the intentions to keep the franchises going. Back right. then, you just kind of got a movie. Yeah. Stand and, alone. And, and it either are... was good or not. And so if you saw a movie that seemed to kind of tick some of those boxes, like mm. adventure and excitement, I do think that movie left a left a real impact on me. But I don't think I was seeing that many movies at this point. I don't know what the difference was. Maybe I was... Maybe I was... Uh, that Was Netflix around in 2000? No. Oh. I don't believe so. Um, Hollywood Video was, and I that's how I like, saw my movies. Yeah, I think I was doing a lot of renting yeah. more so than going to the theater at this point, because that's one of the few big movies of that month that, uh, and I guess I probably saw Small Time Crooks, the Woody Allen film, but yeah. I don't think it was one that particularly stuck Actually, in my mind. Actually, it looks like it was founded in 97, so I guess it existed. Oh, it existed. I, was I don't an extreme, know what it looked like. I was a very early adopter with Netflix, so it's oh, possible cool. that I was getting... You know, uh, classic films, foreign films I had not watched up to that point, right. sent to me at home and thinking, oh, the stuff that's playing in the multiplexes is, oh, that's not for me, <laughs> you know. But a lot of people I know were complaining about, um, and I do think it's aged poorly, some of the CGI. There was a lot of, like, crowd. Mm -hmm. That was mm -hmm. in the days where they would say, let's have a sweeping shot over a, a giant crowd and yeah, we'll yeah. use computers to fill them in. I think that movie was, was reaching beyond what it could actually achieve just a little bit with right, regards right. to that. But it's still so performance-based, and what you remember is him, and you remember Joaquin, um, and so I think that you can't really say that the CGI carried the day with that movie. Yeah, but I definitely remember that time. I was I was seventeen. I was a senior in high school. It was my third high school. I was on I was doing work study. Um, I got fired from my work study, uh, and I failed a semester. I completely failed a semester of work study because wow. I got fired. Um, Way to go, I, jackass. I, <laughs> I didn't know what I wanted to do after high school. I knew that I wanted to not go to school. And so um, my friend worked at Hollywood Video, and he used to give us hookups on 
movies. He'd get like an unlimited amount of movies. Yeah, I used to work there too. And he would get the extra sleeves. Yeah. And we would download more. We would copy the DVDs, mm-hmm. get the sleeves, and we would just pump them out. We'd have like piles and piles and piles of copy yeah. DVDs. Um, and we used to watch movies at an irregular pace. It was like constant, constant. So it's 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 a good thing that at a regular pace or an irregular irregular pace. pace. <laughs> what does that mean? A lot. I mean, it was just was a lot. It was we were taking in than the average seventeen. Yeah, year old. we were like at home watching three, four movies a night, video games, and that's why work study didn't work out. Yeah, yeah. sleep, weed, drink, repeat. Yeah, repeat, and then got to go to class, right. work study. It was like two two classes, then I go to work study, which was not a job because I got fired. My, my memory of Gladiator really just is like a remind. I remember feeling like it was reminding me of like the epic, like summer movie, historical epic summer film. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I didn't feel like I had seen one uh, that had kind of been at that level. And I mean, and then it going on and winning the Oscars that it did, like for Best Picture, and like just feeling the impact of a movie like that and a perf- and the performances and like Joaquin Phoenix kind of like coming stronger onto the scene. Like that's yeah, my yeah. takeaways right, from. Right, right seeing that in the theater and like I remember I mean I, I really liked Gladiator and I still do um, just even though Russell Crowe had been in a couple films that I loved probably actually my favorite Russell Crowe movie might be LA Confidential it's one of my all time favorite films mm. period but I love him in that but seeing him kind of get to the leading mm-hmm. like superstar like you know Beautiful Mind and Cinderella Man and these films that would follow that he he kind of got to that you know perennial like he was mentioned at the oscars every year you know like he got yeah, into that right. that that path that he went on but gladiator it just it, it also kind of made those like sword and sandal epics hot again yeah you know it made it like a property that they could pump other movies out some nowhere near as good in my opinion as gladiators but it kind of showed that that kind of scale and that time period was was uh was bankable yeah. And it kind of started a writer, it came, or at least it came back around. I think when Gladiator was such a huge hit, and it kind of was also one of those things that, like every ten years or so, Ridley Scott right. has his name on a movie right. that makes money and gets people kind of reinvested in yes. him. You know, yes. which is kind of it sounds like I'm trying to knock him, <clears throat> but I'm just saying it's interesting how a director like that who clearly keeps working and almost seems like he's tossing these movies out, mm-hmm. but he does sort of regularly have one of those home runs yes. with audiences. Mm. Um, and I think that's one of the qualities of a kind of journeyman director that I always have admired that aspect of them. As much as I love when someone gets in a genre and stays in the genre, um, I think Ridley is a great example of someone who, when he tries to go back to my favorite genre that he works in, which is kind of sci-fi horror, it's not necessarily his best foot forward these <laughs> sure, days. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so yeah, sword and sandal epic wasn't something we were asking for, but right. it definitely it hit. It hit for yeah. sure. And it was a good version of it. Yeah. it was nice to see a good. Well, and never... what a great villain too. Yeah. Yes. As Joaquin was just, I thought, fire in that. Like, what a oh, you hated him. Yeah. And I remember when I, I remember hearing about River, who I'd never really seen in a lot of stuff. Really? No, no. Wow. I, I just hadn't seen him in a bunch of stuff. And then I'm like, he's related to him? Right, right, right. Oh, okay. This guy's. A, that whole thing is such a weird it thing. It is a like, weird thing, man. What River was going to be and that Joaquin kind of. He was on the way. He was on actor. his way. I don't yeah. know. Very tragic. Like, yeah. Definitely was way, very very aware of River growing up in films. Uh, I mean, predominantly just blew my you know Stand by Me is like again one of my favorite films of all time. Yeah. But um, but it's cool. I mean, like Joaquin has his own voice, and I think that movie really kind of put him on the map. He'd been in a lot of stuff prior to that, but um, and he's still a very relevant name. 
You know, he still is always somebody you're at least interested to find out what he's got going on back in 2017. I mean, he's one yeah. of those guys who's in the conversation of <laughs> great actor. Yeah, absolutely. You know, anytime. And, I mean, like, and Daniel Day Lewis level disappears into a part, yeah, brings yeah. something of his own self to a part, all those things. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. He's like, he's like, he's like the uncomfortable. Oh, version yeah. of Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> you know? He's so good at doing uncomfortable. <laughs> All right, well, guys, I just want to tell you. Looking at the timer, which was uh, we're we've got less than two minutes to get out of we gotta May. Get, we got to get out. We got to get the so hell I don't know, out of Steve. Here. Do you want to get us out of here? So how do I do this, John? Just, tell just me hit again. this button right here. The glowing red one. The glowing right? red one. Yeah. Okay. I think we're here in. 1995. Ooh. March. 95. Let's see what came out in March I'm of 1995. 13. This is a sweet spot right here. All right. Tank <laughs> um, Girl, Hideaway, Man of the House, The Mangler, Roommates, The Sum of Us, Muriel's Wedding, Outbreak, ooh. Circle of Friends, Bye Bye Love, Candyman, Farewell ooh. to Flesh, uh, Farinelli, Losing Isaiah, Dolores Claiborne, Major Pain. <laughs> Priest, Tall Tale, A Pyromaniac's Love Story, Born to be Wild, Funny Bones, Jefferson in Paris, and Tommy Boy. Ooh. So March 1995. I'm saying, looking at that list, which of these movies did I actually see in the theater? And I think Outbreak is the only one. Mm. Um, which of these movies stands out to me now as one that I actually think is pretty strong and that I would, I might revisit just because it's kind of the season for it. Mm. Uh, but Dolores, Dolores Claiborne. Yeah. What, what movies stand out to you from that list? Um, I saw Major Pain in the movies, and Tommy Boy was just yeah. off the... I It was the first movie that I saw <clears throat> that it felt like off the rails. Like, there was there was a script, and then that was what the actors were doing. Yeah. And it was the first movie besides, like, um, uh, it was Ace Ventura, where I felt like there's a script, and there's what the actors are doing. There's just this powerhouse <laughs> yeah. of a comedian, just let of a presence, go. just running wild. Yeah, Tommy Boy was the first movie that I saw. I was like, what is going on? Right. I love this. I love the chemistry. I, this is the first movie that I saw that I, I was like, man, this is this is it. Whatever whatever chemistry sure. is and what it represented for two people that were very different sort of human beings kind of coming together to create chaos, this was it. Right. Yeah, I would so. definitely say Tommy Boy. I remember seeing the out- outbreak and uh, at we in Reicherstown, there used to be a, a theater called the Village Theater. It was mm. like a dollar fifty or dollar theater. Oh, shit. I remember seeing Outbreak like multiple times there. Mm-hmm. I loved Outbreak in 1995. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I don't know that I've watched it since probably the early 2000s. I have two thoughts that come to me when I think of Outbreak. Was that Marcel the monkey from Friends who actually played the the Ground Zero? For, yeah, I think so. And, yeah. Um, and the other thing was that was the apex. Uh, that was to me the high point of Kevin Spacey, like that was when Kevin Spacey showed up in a movie as like the wisecracking, smartass guy, and he brought this little dash of cynicism and and sarcasm. Mm. And mm. I was that was when he was a character actor that I had seen in a few things. Right. Okay. And I was happy to see that he was in this. And I was like, oh good, Kevin Spacey's in this. He's the smartass. I like him. And I was like, and I know he's gonna die because obviously my <laughs> favorite character in this type of film has to be the one who dies you know, early go. on. Um, but I remember that. That's what I remember about that. So for me, that you know, his suit tears. I believe. Yeah. Yes. That death is one that lingers in my mind. Um, as both, like they got me right where they wanted me because I liked him. I liked that character, and I usually like the kind of sardonic character in a film. But the fact that he was the one who you kind of saw go through it, 
you know, in terms of an outbreak film being a horror film, he was sort of that early death that tells you, okay, this is everyone knows this is serious. Yeah. Um, but I rem- that's what I remember about that movie. I don't remember much else about that movie. And as far as Dolores Claiborne, it's interesting that now we're in the middle of this Stephen King re- renaissance, uh, or at least I sh- we, we're not now, but in right. uh, in 2017, we're dealing with in this, the future, there this will be. resurgence of Stephen King material, and Gerald's Game has just come out on Netflix, and that has a crossover with Dolores Claiborne. Right, when he right. wrote those two novels, they actually have a scene that's I've in both that. books. right. Yeah, or a, an overlapping between the characters, I, and they kept that in Gerald's game for no reason except to be oh, cool. cool. They kept the nod to Dolores Claiborne. I can't which, wait to go back to 2017 and watch that. Yeah, you, you got to look forward to it. Let me explain it to you. I don't know if you guys know this, but there's going to be this whole thing called Netflix. Uh, Was they're going to be watching movies at home? Get the f- wait. How old are you? It's March 1995. I'm 12 at this point. He's 12. He's 12. <laughs> 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 I may as well be too. Honestly, the ball busting that reaches through time. And you are what in 1995? 13. 13. So you're 12. You're 13. Mm-hmm. I'm 22. I should not be hanging out in a basement with a 12 and a 13 year old. Creepy. I'm very creepy. Stranger danger. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, I know you. I just want to explain to you both that podcasting is not a euphemism for something creepy <laughs> that 22-year-olds do in basements. Um, it's actually, this could be going out to a lot of people. It's a free form of entertainment. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. want to dwell on it too much. But So what was your situation? Were you seeing a lot of movies in this time at 12? Not quite as not quite as much as I think I should be. Because um, every movie requires a ride from my mom at this point. Which, sure. mm-hmm. which totally. sucks. Yeah, yeah. Um, I went on a date with a girl right around that time uh to see a movie and you know having to get your parents to do get your give you a ride it sucks it's just like uh be careful be considerate mm-hmm. you know she's saying this in front of this woman like well girl like i'm not gonna do these things you know i'm a gentleman ma. you know yeah especially your little gentleman mm-hmm. yeah um your little angel yeah so that was there was that and um <laughs> That stuff that that time was really rough in terms of going to see movies. Mm-hmm. It was like Stargate, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. I remember doing the math. I remember this was probably March nineteen ninety five was in the midst of maybe one of the worst times of my life. Honestly, like I was in a bad situation. Wow. In February, some shit happened with like personal relationships in my life that just turned my world upside down. Mm-hmm. And March nineteen ninety five was my. It was right in the sweet spot of me just like doing everything I could not to drop out of school right. and quit my job and all this stuff. And so it's like not to be overly because I'm not trying to bring it down or be serious. But I do remember this is a time I look back on. And you ever look back on a period of your life and kind of pat yourself on the back for like Getting just keeping it, it on yeah. the road? Yeah. That was a time that was like that for me. So I, of course, I wasn't going to see a lot of movies. But I do remember going to see Outbreak. And I'm trying to remember if – yeah, I'm trying to remember if I went to go see that if I was dating – Already, it was a breakup in February, Steve. Oh, um, no. But I don't remember if I was dating already or if I was just like thinking I was trying to date, but yeah. I wasn't quite there yet. So yeah. I, I can't remember who I saw Outbreak with, but I believe it was a, it was either a, fr- it was somebody that's like not in my life right now. You know, I'm ha- I have this image. It's just a blurry person sitting next to me. Yeah. <laughs> but was it a ghost? I'm... Oh shit. <laughs> Maybe it was a time ghost. Steve. Oh, oh shit! What if it was? Did me? we just loop? What if it was me now sitting next to me then? Oh man, that's heavy. Mm. Oh, trying to is, tell the, me this yeah. is some Ryan Johnson Looper shit happening. Trying right to tell now. me oh, yeah. you won't believe what happened. What happened to me? It's not you. It's Kevin Spacey. <laughs> we've <laughs> we've got to help Kevin Spacey. You have to. 
man. In the future, you will meet two charismatic dudes <laughs> at your place of work in a mall that is kind of okay. It actually hasn't been built at this point. <laughs> I don't know who you are with that deep, velvety voice, but I guarantee you, at 22, I can tell you this. Okay. I'm an artist. I will not be working at a mall. At <laughs> yeah, <point>. right? <laughs> right. Never. Fuck the mall. I will avoid the Forget mall. Forget the dirty pieces. We all had that conversation. Yeah. I'm sure. Right, right. Absolutely. <laughs> Successfully managed to avoid that for a long time until then. <laughs> so, guys, I'm just saying this era is getting kind of creepy for me. I don't know. We, we actually have a few minutes left, but if you guys don't have anything else I'm to say, I say let's get away from the ghost of yourself. Right. I think this ghost of, of myself is kind of weird. Yeah. Hanging out in basements with, with, uh, with, uh, Tweens yeah. is a little weird, yeah. and also my past is kind of making making me. Feel it's a, a dark afraid. place for you right There's now. There's a few people oh, I don't yeah. want to bump into yeah. right now. Gotcha, yeah, 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 gotcha. yeah. So I'm gonna get out. I'll be the one to hit the button now. Be careful. So we'll don't don't hold on into it All too right. long. March of 1997. Oh man, come on, bad boy. Is that your nickname for the timecaster? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sometimes you have to push the button really hard. Absolutely. Did Bad Boys come out in 97? Oh, no, I was kidding. <laughs> had to have been around that time, right? I don't know. I can't remember. All right. March 1997. <laughs> Let's see. Here we are. Let's just start off with this question this time. What are you doing in March of 97? March of 97. I'm just starting high school. Um, I am... You started in the middle of the year? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You, I, you started after winter break? Because I slept. I slept. <laughs> Here's the truth, for real. <laughs> I just broken my toe after getting into an argument with my mom. Uh, I About s- how you weren't a gentleman <laughs> back on that day? <laughs> you were not a gentleman when you she took that girl. She just broke your toe? <laughs> a year later. When you were really disrespectful? <laughs> a year after uh, being a, such a dick face, I, I tripped over a table, broke my toe. You, you tripped over a table? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like walked. This really happened. I was like, you know what? You get on my nerves. I turned around and I tripped over the table, and she went, "That's what you get." Wow, that she was right. Yeah, my toe was huge, and I, I had to go to school with crutches on because <laughs> right. I couldn't really walk right, on right. it. Um, I was in high school, sleeping through class. Nuns beating me up with rulers. What about you, Steve? Sophomore in high school, March specifically. I don't really know, man. I was. I don't know. Going to school, hanging out with my friends, trying to figure myself out, maybe mm-hmm. get my license or training to get my license. Mm-hmm. I would turn 16 that following fall, so that that seems about right. It's yeah. a good time. Get, maybe saving up money to buy a vehicle. I don't know. This is an important time in my life. Yeah. I was working as a graphic designer, and I believive I was already dating Nikki, now my wife. So that was... Oh, things had picked My up. wife. Things had picked up in the last <laughs> two years. And um, I also remember I was very... Very deep into music at this point. I okay. believe this was it was I was either getting ready to or I was in the middle of the first effort I really made to record music and mm. like oh, we're cool. making an album. We're, we're we're making songs. We're gonna make fourteen or fifteen of these. We're gonna right. put them together in an album. I'm gonna figure out a way. I was always right behind the format. Like I made mm-hmm. a cassette right when no one made cassettes anymore. I made CDs when no one made CDs anymore. I've got lots of digital downloads available now that nobody downloads anything mm-hmm. anymore. But um, at the time it was like we're gonna do this. Like we had I think sure. we, we had started the recordings and and we're well into them. So I don't think I was watching a lot of films but when you look at this list of films there's a couple of movies that i think are at least worth uh going back to or remembering uh the day trippers rhyme and reason the watermelon woman boy's life 2 good luck jerusalem jungle to jungle 
Private Parts, the Howard Stern film. Okay. That's the first one that really jumps out at me. City of Industry, Drunks, Love Jones, Ponette, The Substance of Fire, Liar Liar, Selena, Cats Don't Dance, The Devil's... (laughs) Oh, sorry. The Devil's Own, uh, Baps, Love and Other Catastrophes, The Sixth Man, and Turbo, a Power Rangers movie. Wow. Okay. I, I saw Love Jones and Baps in the movie theater. You did? Because that was Holly Berry and an uh, actress that shall remain nameless. I don't, I don't really remember her name. But uh, Voldemort? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> yeah. I can't say it, John. You don't know this yet, but you're not supposed right. to say that. So those two movies I saw in the theater. Um, I don't think I saw anything but Liar Liar in the theater that's on this list, honestly. I did not see Liar Liar in the theater. I definitely saw that on... <clears throat> Definitely tape. saw Liar Liar. I think I may have seen The Devil's Zone, only because at that point my obsession with Brad Pitt had already started. Yeah, Bradley. Yeah, Bradley. What a, what a Pitt. snooze! By the way, when I when I yeah. when I fell asleep, I, it was because I was remembering the experience of watching that movie. Yeah. Not just because I was in the middle of reading a long list of movies yeah, that yeah, we don't yeah. remember, but that what a snooze it was. Like, yeah. and it at the time it was not the beginning of the Harrison Ford is boring sort of thought for me. Yeah. But it was very. Um, I mean that was that was definitely a time where I was beginning to think like okay maybe I like Han Solo and I like Indiana Jones you know not, not to say that I don't like Harrison Ford I kind of yeah. the grumpier and weirder he is I kind of love him more but as far as like a dynamic performer who's going to have this amazing career I don't I think this was around the time that I thought oh when he steps outside of those iconic roles he's just kind of he's like a solid leading man but he's not this surprising performer who picks these amazing roles right I wonder if in 20 years of his interviews are just going to be as boring as they were in 1997 because i remember seeing him on tv and being like man he really doesn't want to be right oh. a lot man even yeah. when, even 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 now yeah you know so it's well, it's interesting I, I like anyone who kind of isn't on the fame tip yeah and i think that's what i find kind of charming about it but it yeah. is a little strange i don't know i think in the next few years we're going to begin to see if he's not just doesn't want to be there, but if he's all there. Yeah. <laughs> but as far mm. as a guy who, as far as, I'm not really trying to knock the fact that I, I, I think you can be an icon and not necessarily need to be a public figure. And sure. I think he's a guy who you can tell has always hated answering the questions. Yeah. And he wants the movies to speak for themselves. And and I don't know. I just think that I like I love it when he shows up and he's engaged. Mm-hmm. And when he's not, I just have no interest whatsoever. He's not one of those actors that you could watch read the phone book at all. Right. Right. <laughs> not at all. I do remember seeing Jungle to Jungle in theaters. Really? Yeah. Refresh my memory on that one. What's it about? Uh, Tim Allen. Oh. When he finds out he's got a kid that's been like growing in, up, uh, living in the jungle, that and sounds... he moves him to New York City. It's Sam Huntington. That sounds kid, terrible. Yeah, he had a moment. He was like in Detroit Rock City. Mm-hmm. Mm. He had, he was in a bunch of stuff, but um, pretty sure it was probably a Disney movie. I don't know. I just remember seeing like the poster for it and like Tim Allen capitalizing on his Tim Allen-ness at that point. Mm-hmm. But and then Liar Liar, I, I definitely saw in the theater. I think that's probably only two that I saw. I mean, Liar Liar, really, I mean, Jim Carrey, you know, that was... That was right in his the uh, beginning. Yeah, I don't know, like, arguably, like, his peak, you know, like, what, what kind of came after that seems to... There was a downturn, and I don't... Yeah. And it's never, it's never gone back up. I have always found time, even when life was keeping me busy i've always found time to go see that usually like a performer driven 
comedy, like a silly yeah. mid-budget comedy. They don't make a ton of them now, right? They don't because you don't yeah. have bankable stars quite like we used to, or I don't think I don't think the industry knows what to do with those stars that are bankable, or I don't know if the conventional wisdom about who's bankable really holds up anymore. You know, yeah. like someone like Amy Schumer can have a modest success with something like Trainwreck, right? And then not really be able to turn that into other films turning into hits, you know? Right. Um, and I think Jim Carrey, like I remember uh, the movie, uh, the Dana Carvey movie, Clean Slate, yeah. which is like not a movie that I'm sitting around going, oh, trust me guys, it's great. But I remember going to see that movie, laughing 10 times and telling people, it's pretty good. Yeah. Liar Liar is one of those comedies for me where you go, I laughed a few times, it's pretty good. Super formulaic. Now that we've seen what Jim Carrey has become, <clears throat> you can definitely see it as he never quite got bigger than that in terms of he's a guy who gets paid a lot to open these comedies and they become hits. And like Eddie Murphy's had some years where he's been that guy. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there were times and it still seems like occasionally the Seth Rogen machine or the Judd Apatow machine, like they have the ability to to make someone into an opening weekend. You know what I mean? Yeah, like Sandler yeah. has that. Yeah. Or right. had that. Had that. Yeah. And again, it's weird that Sandler can't guarantee that anymore, anymore. You know? So what is up with that? Like, do we... Is that just a... Is that just a type of movie that doesn't work in the marketplace that we have today? That's a bigger conversation about where does comedy fall yeah. in the marketplace today. Yeah, you know, yeah. because the comedy that works now doesn't seem to be that comedy yeah. anymore. I mean, like Sandler, the you know, is probably one of the more recent ones that found it, or Kevin Hart is maybe doing it. Um The Rock too. I guess it's yeah, The Rock is doing uh, yeah. comedies. Yeah, yeah, I guess you could maybe throw him in there. Um He's a guy who can open movies. <clears throat> he at can least. open movies. Yeah. Although Baywatch kind of Makes you question whether he can or not. I'm curious to see, yeah, you know, 20 years from now, what uh, the sequel to Jumanji is going to do. If you can believe that they're making a sequel to Jumanji, wow, um, it's how, how that does. How do you think about people who have an expectation to do really well and their reaction when it doesn't do well? Well, yeah, the, the way The Rock yeah. reacted when it didn't go the way that people thought, he mm -hmm. kind of, for lack of a better term, melted down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. And that was there's something too. That was the worst that people have seen of him. I think. Yeah, and that's like, it. If the that's first the crack I've seen yeah. in his in his facade. That's that cool guy who can open a movie and can do anything, and everyone agrees he's like charming and yeah. he's likable and he's a good actor and he's funny and he could kick your ass and he yeah. could bench press a house. And yet you do see that, yeah, there is a point where that guy buys into his own hype just enough oh, yeah. that he kind of shows his ass when he doesn't get his way. Yep. Here's, a, here's a problem. You're talking about a person who's... We're all babies on the inside. <laughs> a person who is not... He, he He's supposed to be a warrior in another time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Walking around with regular people who are just talking about him like it's nothing. And he could have beat those people up. When there was a time when you could just beat people up and, and open I think the reason place. he and Kevin Hart get along so well is that when he swings his arm, <laughs> he Kevin misses, Hart's below. He that. misses him yeah. completely. But that must be kind of weird when you're a warrior walking around with little people yeah. telling you how something should be or how something shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. It must be strange. There has to be times where he's sitting in a meeting room like, they're like, you're not bankable, Rock. And he's like, I could break your fucking neck mm -hmm. right now. This person's a piece of shit. Guys, I gotta say, we gotta get out of we gotta uh, get out of, out of uh, 1997, or we're gonna get stuck here okay. podcasting forever. So, Ronald, take us take <laughs> us out of here. I love this this big etch a sketch bop it thing <laughs> no, that no. I'm looking at. It's kind of unwieldy. I, <laughs> I love it. Oh, April man. of 2006. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was wondering when we were going to get into the 2000s. 
We touched. We touched it barely. But now we're sort deeper of. into we it. We kissed it. All right, April of 2006. I got to tell you guys this list. Let's go with the wide releases. Yes. <laughs> I'll try to read the can, ones. Can the Timecaster filter wide versus yes. limited? <laughs> I don't know if this will, but I will do my best to only read the names of films that I've heard of. Okay. <laughs> Sounds All good. Right. The Benchwarmers, Lucky Number Eleven. Ooh. Simon, Brat, Genie Magic. <laughs> I've never heard of that, but that's funny that it exists. Uh, Pooh's Grand Adventure, The Search for Christopher Robin. Okay. Sisters-in-law, is that one that we've heard of? Hard Candy. Mm. Kinky Boots. The Notorious Betty Page. Scary Movie 4. The Celestine Prophecy. American Dreams with a Z. Remember that one? Silent Hill. Dr. Doolittle 3. <laughs> oh my god. This is, that's... that's some direct-to-video shit, surely. Oh, it has to be. Aquila and the Bee. Wow. RV. <laughs> United 93. And that's pretty much it for films. Wow. That, that, was, that feels like a pretty... That's a lot of movies. And, a whole lot of And nothing. a lot of bad ones. Well, at least movies that don't stand out in my memory Something now. really, like, very obvious to me, and I don't know if you guys are seeing this, like, mm-hmm. when we travel back to these times, I'm sensing the clear delineation of when good movies came out. Mm-hmm. in the years yeah. in the time of the year yeah, yeah absolutely. like we've gone into some march and april uh drop-offs here mm-hmm. where like you look at the movies and like there's maybe one that today or in the future in 2017 might mm-hmm. be a fresh movie yeah, right yeah. you know what i mean like the marketplace is not as flooded back in 2006 even as, as that that close in the history right where like Great movies are coming out in March. I mean, yeah. I would say United 93 for me is the one I remember the most. And That's and the thinking, Paul Greengrass movie, yeah, right? Yeah. And thinking that it's great and um, Which, by the way, in theaters. Uh, just had the conversation in 2017, if we ever make it back home again. Uh, that The morning we began this podcast um, was the morning that my wife and I sort of realized that our son didn't quite understand what 9-11 was. Mm. And we oh, kind wow. of... Well, we let's talk about it, and let's right, talk right. about. It. If you talk about that, then you have to talk about this, and you have to talk about what this is. And when people yeah. say "never forget," and when people say, "you know, everything changed on that day" or whatever, and it was like it was weird having to contextualize it for somebody right, sure. who technically doesn't have to know anything about it that I don't tell him at this moment. Right. right. But also thinking, well, you don't want to put this thought in his head without also putting this thought in his head. Right. And then you think about all the changes to air travel and all that. Right. Kind of stuff. You got to give them all that context. Right. Especially. Especially you're a detail-oriented person. You got to let them know right. well, how yeah. this context, you know, how this all is in context of current events. And The greatest and the worst thing about being my son, Ronald, is that everything, there's a PowerPoint presentation for everything. <laughs> That's kind of amazing. I've given it some thought. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I have thoughts. <laughs> and, then, and then you present the information. You're like, how do you feel about all this? And then you kind of talk it out after that. That's pretty cool. Man. Well, the funny thing is sometimes you talk it out and it's very rewarding. And then there's the day where you're on a road trip and you've been bottom line in some shit and some sh- something comes out of you that's like poetry. You're like, mm-hmm. I've never explained it that way before. I've never even thought of it that way before. I'm a new person now. <laughs> and then there's a pause from the back seat and you say, well, what do you think of that, bud? Or something, you know? And then he says, what? A what? And you're like, did, uh, did you hear any of that? And he was like, oh, I thought you were just thinking out loud. 
this is the story. This, you know, if you've ever wondered why your dad right. looked like somebody had just, whether he was wearing a heavy backpack or not, he yeah. looked like somebody had put a heavy backpack on him. It's because of that, the knowledge <laughs> that you're dropping pearls and nobody knows it. Because yeah. your wife's not interested anymore. I mean, she finds you charming, but she's not like listening rapt. Right. Like, oh, let me hear the master speak. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And you think your kid, like maybe there's an age where they are, but then they age out of it just a little bit where it's like, now Henry knows, oh, all I have to really do is hang in there when dad's giving me a right. speech. I don't, and he might ask a question. It's like a lecture at school where you're like, yeah. I hope they don't call on me. <laughs> There's something my dad said to me when I was really young. I mean, around this time, honestly, like 2006, that I always remembered. I was dating this girl, and he looked me in my face, and he said, do not fuck her life up. Mm. And I was like, what is he talking about? You know what I mean? Like it, it at the time, it, it sounded like he was just insulting me as a human. So your dad and your mom don't trust you. Yeah, <laughs> essentially. Mom dropped. Don't fuck that girl yeah. up. Yeah, right? but but you but, better be nice to that girl. But what know. he meant was like consider that everything that goes sure, on in your sure, life sure. has a consequence. Yeah, and I, I think about that constantly. Every time I'm talking to somebody, I shake somebody's hand. Somebody new comes in my life. I'm like, don't fuck that person's life up. That's a good start. Yeah, it's pretty interesting, man. 2006. Don't <laughs> fuck that person's life up. I think the only one I saw in the theater was Silent Hill. Um, but I, you I saw know. Silent Hill in the movie. I think I did too. It's a horror film. Yeah, and I, think I, I saw and it. I heard it was. I played the video game. Who directed that? Wasn't it? Um, what's his name? I can't think of his name, but I feel like who was the somebody director of that somebody? was somebody that did the Resident Evil films. No, it was the other guy. It was the guy French. I think it's the guy that did. Um, maybe I'm wrong about this, but is it not the guy that did the Hills Have Eyes remake and? Um, Alejandro? Was it Alejandro? Ahas or whatever? Was it? Or maybe not. Maybe he produced it? I don't think he did Silent Hill. Yeah, somebody with, with an ounce of style, I think, made it, though. Christopher Gaines. Or Gons. Okay, so yeah, the guy who did... Uh, Christoph Gans. He did the werewolf Brotherhood movie. of the Wolf. Yeah. So he had some style. I love that movie. Yeah, it's interesting. I like that movie a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I just remember like the world of Silent Hill in, in the movie, which I don't really love the film, but even just like the visual, that yeah. stuff I thought worked really well. Yeah, yeah. not not coming from the game stuff. Right, right, right. I played it, but I wasn't like a gamer. Right, and I still right. am not in the future. But um, I just that's the takeaway. I remember in the theater feeling like, I don't love this film. I don't really find it very scary or anything. Mm -hmm. But I really love the way that Silent Hill looks, and I feel like in 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 the in in our modern 2017. I still hear people like bring up Silent Hill, yeah, yeah. the movie, yeah, or, and the game. But I, I hear people reference that as kind of like a, a positive benchmark for like the way an alternate world looks, or like a, right. a you know, like a alternate reality or whatever it might be. Especially in the horror films or sci-fi or whatever. Yeah. I think they, I think they got that right. I think there is some like otherworldly weird shit. That is like right out of a nightmare. Yeah. And it and the ugliness of it just doesn't stop. Like if you're in this world, then you could have your skin ripped off. Right. You could be ripped to pieces. You could just you're sort of trapped in this right. sort of hellscape. Yeah. And I do think when a movie manages to pull off that idea, it's usually very powerful. Yeah. No, totally. I that that movie had the pyramid head guys, right? Yes. Yes. I remember seeing that in the video game and being like, I've never seen anything like that before. And I and I think that the movie kind of committing to that world is Kind of cool because yeah. I mean it felt like every movie was like kind of one foot up, one foot in, one foot out. The strange, the mm -hmm. odd, and that movie kind of went all in. Yeah, and, and I, I I respected that. I remember watching it and being impressed. Mm -hmm. Cool. So Steve, I believe uh, my uh, charming parental reminiscences may have interrupted whatever you were saying about '93. Did you have anything else to say about United '93 before I, we? I, not really. I mean, I just remember that was like the takeaway of reading all those films. I feel like it's a. Uh... 
of the films that came out post 9-11, um, I feel like that was probably, I don't want to say the best one, but like probably the most well handled in terms of like a cinematic experience mm-hmm. that kind of captures um, or as close to what I imagined capturing that experience was like. Um, it also was around the time that Paul Greengrass was like kind of like hitting a stride with some of his box office stuff, um, getting involved in the Bourne franchise and things like that. And his like hand cam or the handheld nature of a lot of his films, like mm-hmm. the shaky cam stuff, you either love it or hate it. So I think that was pretty divisive. Um, and there's a lot of that in that film. Well, it, it, I was going to say in that movie, it adds to the desperation and the yes. claustrophobia Absolutely. and the sense of documentary, like fly on the wall. Yeah, you're there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that movie, I mean, I've actually watched that in the future in the past, like, you know, year or so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I think only because I think it came up about like green, I was like interested to watch a couple of Paul Greengrass's films. And that one definitely stands out to me. Like, I still really feel like that's a strong film and it's, it's really, really scary to watch. And uh, it's like one of those types of movies where you hate to say, like, I really like it. Mm-hmm. but it's like it's I, I find it to be really really well done and really captivating and really um, just frightening yeah yeah cool well let's get out of here and I was going to let you guys know there is something with this machine I've never tried this before but mm-hmm. you've said that we've been landing in these months that don't have a lot of really good releases yeah. in it I think if you keep hitting the button until we get to a summer month maybe that'll happen and maybe we'll see some better films <laughs> All right. There we go. I think we're flying through time now. We're headed towards July of 2009. This is going to start to feel either very familiar or the way that uh, 2006 felt to me. Oddly not familiar. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, like you think you would remember like in detail movies that were that recent, but... I think okay. So here we are, July two thousand and nine. Was when did Dark Knight come out? Uh, or Batman Begins? Who knows? We're about to find out. If right, it was this cool. Cool, 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 cool. Ice Age, Dawn of the Dinosaurs. Holy crap! Public Enemies. Public Enemies. Wow. I oh definitely man, saw I remember public... seeing that in the theaters. Me too. Michael Jackson died. I remember seeing a screening oh, of that, shit. and I found out when we were at dinner before we went to that screening that Michael Jackson passed away. Jeez. That is like a benchmark one. That's nuts. Yeah. I love Ain't, you, Beth Cooper. Do you remember who confirmed that? TMZ. Yep. And that's when they started confirming everything, which is nuts to me. Yeah. That they've become, a, a, in the future, become a, a legitimate news source in the future. Mm. <laughs> Wreck came out this month. Van Wilder freshman year came out this month. Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince came Ooh. out this month. Five Hundred Days of Summer. Ooh. <laughs> Are you doing your Skadika yeah. impressions? Yeah. <laughs> uh, G Force is that the one about the, the gerbils or the whatever yes. they were hamsters? Yes. Um, In the Loop, love that movie. Orphan. Green Lantern, First Flight. Was that the name of that movie? Surely not. No. Did it, it didn't have a colon, so that's probably an animated directed yeah. video thing. Uh, the Collector. Ghosted. And a lot of other ones I don't remember either, but those are the big ones. So yeah, Harry, we're, we're well into that period of not just 
when more recent like franchises, you know, Harry Potter was in full swing at this point, but also in 2009, July of 2009, I dare say we worked together or did we? Did you work at Apple yet? I was a def I was definitely at Apple at this point. Let me track back here. What year was that? 2009. July of 2009. Well, maybe not, because this would be like a year no. and a half before you guys, or about almost two years before you guys started the podcast. Right. I think I, just after that, okay. I came in. So I don't remember so which close. location I was already at. Okay. It would be nice if we could have, yeah. if it would be like one of those weird, avoid, you know, like we would have actually maybe been in the same room. <laughs> right, I don't know right. what happens in this, in this, uh, with this time caster. I'm not sure what happens if we see each other. I know, I know when I was there and I met you guys in the future. Uh, in the past, in the present, I thought that I I I gravitated towards the both of you. I remember coming to the back and talking to you, John, and then just being out on the floor with you, Steve, and loving the energy from you too. So also Bruno, <laughs> Bruno. Yeah, I'm seeing funny people on this list. Is that on your list? Is that on what, Timecaster? What, what date? July 31. July 31. Oh, wait, maybe I didn't scroll down all the way to the end. Yes, Funny People is on the list. I would I would say that at this point in my life, as a grown-ass man, I was definitely seeing multiple movies a week in the movie theater. Mm -hmm. Get out of here. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of the ones John mentioned, uh, I do recall Public Enemies, Bruno, Love You, Beth Cooper, 500 Days, uh, Harry Potter, obviously, Orphan, Funny people. So that's almost every week in July. I was definitely in the theater yeah. at least once. Um, obviously, Harry Potter stands out. Mm -hmm. I love the Harry Potter movies. Um, not my favorite Harry Potter film uh, of the series, but... What is your favorite? I think Prisoner of Azkaban. Mine too. Um, and I really do like how they handled the last two films, you mm -hmm. know, like the breaking them apart. At first, I hated that, but I actually really liked the way they ended the series. But Prisoner... Uh, Bringing in like Alfonso Cuaron and just like I don't know, man, just that that this the the feeling of that movie, it was like in a port in a part of like the characters' adolescence shifting to a much darker place, and that yeah. movie like just has it all over the screen. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, Sirius Black coming into play. I don't know, just everything about that part of the story. Um, I loved Prisoner. I mean, I'm fine with Half Blood Prince, but uh, I just remember those being the event films. You know, of that month, that's the event film. Right. You know, seeing it at the Senator Theater, they always deck out the lobby. I love seeing those big movies there, especially back then, before the Senator kind of fell apart and then was rebuilt. Right, right. Uh, at least organizationally. Yeah. Um, which is like a now in in 2000. What is this? What do we say? Nine. And yeah. also in 2017, the Senator is a, a historical landmark theater here in Baltimore City. Uh, it's been under different like management yeah. schemes and different companies, and yeah. I feel like right now it's it's as alive as it's ever been in my it, memory. It is, it but is. I still see it largely unpopulated, except when there's a really big Event. Yeah. release yeah. of a movie. And I just wonder if that's just the way that's going to be. I think I so. wonder about that too. I think so. Um, what about you? What What were you seeing that month of what he mentioned, Ronald? And um, what was going on with you? Were you at Apple yet in uh, July of two thousand nine? Almost. Okay, so you were. Getting... Um, I was. I was at Towson University. Mm -hmm. um, I was, oh God, I remember this time. I was interning in DC. Um, I was 2009. I was interning in DC. No, 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 no. That, you were I in college then? No I, I graduated. Yeah. I I'd graduated. Okay, so I was doing traffic and weather. 
yeah. in DC. Traffic and weather. With I was wondering where that fit in. When did with Obama your time get elected? Two thousand eight. Okay. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. So I was in DC when he got elected. Okay. So I was doing traffic and weather. I was working from ten p.m. to six a.m. I was commuting uh, from Baltimore to DC. Um, I had a girlfriend in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Damn. Coast is a coast. Yeah. Um, so I I spent a lot of time at night by myself, kind of talking to people through AIM. There you go. AOL Instant Messenger. And uh, I was just trying to get into, uh, I had just gotten into Facebook. I remember that because uh, that's when, like, it started going from, like, community colleges into colleges. I was like, well, I went to Towson. <laughs> Add me. Mm-hmm. And I got into <laughs> Facebook. You had to wait. At, for, for people who don't give a fuck about this, there was a, on the front of the Facebook uh, page, there was a list of schools that would get released for the week. They'd be like, all right, this community college got in, this bunch yeah. of schools, this. And then there wasn't even high schools at that point. They eventually let high schools in, but it was just colleges at that point. And I had waited until Towson got in and, and Essex, and I was ecstatic. I was ecstatic because they had that other one, that other one where you connected through... What was that weird one that fell through where it would connect you through? It would say, this person met this person. You know this person through this person. Oh, yeah. Um, Friendster? Friendster. Holy shit. I can't believe you remembered that. Friendster. Friendster was like the beginning of that sort of like big, big network thing. But Friendster would tell you how you connected. So like, Steve, if you were my friend, Mm -hmm. it'd say, you knew John who worked with this person who yeah, worked with yeah, this yeah. person. It would connect people mm-hmm. in really cool ways. So you would make friends with those people too because it would tell you right. how it connected you. So that's what I was doing around that time. Working full time, driving to D.C., trying to get on Facebook, trying to get my life together. <laughs> trying to get on Facebook is hilarious. Yeah. Just the phrase trying th- to get on Facebook. That now, would get your life together. In 2017, yeah. everyone's doing everything they can to try to get off if they can't. Yes. I actually have decided I can't get off because it connects me to too many... I can't get off, guys. I, I was going to say, either. that's a personal... There's a whole other I issue here. Totally but I can't get off because it connects me to too many people. That's the only connection I have to them now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's like it's like the way you become dependent on your phone. Yeah. All the information that you would have memorized before is now on your phone, or you would have written down is now on your phone. Yeah. A lot of my social connectivity, it starts through Facebook. Sure. I recently had a day where I was making plans with people, and it was the last Friday, a week ago, it was Friday into Saturday, when Messenger was having oh, was having yeah, bad yeah, times. Yeah. And you start off thinking, what's up with my phone? And you restart, and you find out everyone's having the issue. Right, right. And I realized there's a couple, the only thing I can do is put out one of those lame Facebook messages where you're like, hey, guys, if you need to get in touch with me, try my email address. You know, mm-hmm. We're back to that. We're back to the Stone Age. <laughs> um, but yeah, Friendster was, was when you sort of seemed like this is some, to me, because I was obviously older, it yeah. seemed like this is a game. You don't need this. Right. But maybe at your age, you saw that it actually was a networking tool that could be something. Like, I think your yeah. generation, so to speak, people 10 years behind me, were more aware of the fact that this could be something. Yeah. Whereas people in my demographic, by and large, thought of it all as something kind of phony, something kind of fake that you didn't need. Right. It wasn't until it became really ubiquitous that you thought, okay, maybe I need to be on there because it seems like I'm missing something. Sure, yeah. At this time, it almost seems like, here's an alternate thing you can spend your time doing that's an extra thing that you can add to your life. Sure. Yeah. It was before it seemed like something that actually just integrates with your life. It was super weird because like, you, leave, you leave college, you leave whatever you're in, whatever school you're in, and then you realize like after that, all your friends are spreading out. They're going to other countries, yeah. they're going to other states. 
there was no way you could talk to them besides a social network. And that's when people started to understand, ah, that's what this is for. Yeah. Interesting. But yes, we're talking much more about the era than the movies. I feel like um, there wasn't a lot that no. really jumped out at me. As I mean, we've talked about Harry Potter. Yeah, of course. Of course, Harry Potter. So it's, But I mean, it's like we don't necessarily Record. Need... Yeah, I said... Okay, okay wreck. wreck. Sorry. Yeah, I'm uh, sorry. Wreck. I should have said record. Um, I, I've never known what if you're supposed to say wreck or if you're supposed to say In 500 Days of Summer was one of those movies that really just captured that feeling that you have when you, you date somebody and all the things that you perceived in your head mm-hmm. aren't necessarily true. It was the first time it a movie made me evaluate that. Right. You know, I hadn't really seen it done that well. The first time I... I'm like, did I enjoy this as much? Did she enjoy this as much as... I thought she did. Did mm-hmm. I? Hmm. Started making me consider things more. So yeah, it was a it was a smart movie to me. So wait, is there a dog in two thousand nine? I Do didn't you... I didn't have a dog until much later. Oh, okay. Oh uh, guys, guys, you know what I think this is? What is it? I think it's Ghost Dog. <laughs> I think Forrest Whitaker is in my <laughs> Forrest Whitaker's in my house. <laughs> have you ever had a, a, a Whitaker infestation like that? Absolutely, Ghost they were, Dog. They were particularly yeah. bad in 2009. Ghost Dog did it for me. Well, you, you you go upstairs and you're like you hear a noise and you're like, what is that? And you see like two or three Whitakers on the upstairs landing, and they all kind of they give you that 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 kind of crooked look yeah. and they mutter something that's really like very engrossing. You really want to lean in and listen, but you're also kind of creeped out. Right, right. And then and then they they kind of just scatter. Get the hell. What do you do when you have a case of the Whitakers? Man, what I what I do is I, I try to remember the good things that he was in mm-hmm. and not remember things like Ghost Dog and anything. You don't like Ghost Dog? I feel like Ghost Dog is actually not not yeah. the worst of what he's What? Like. Ghost, Ghost Dog, Dog is nuts. When was the last it, time you watched it, it? It's nuts, but I don't think it, that makes it better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it's kind of quite a following. It does. People, people I guess love I, that movie. I, I'm more down on those sort of show up for the paycheck have a little gravitas. Have a, you know what I mean? I feel like he's done more things that are boring that I think are as bad. His that, accents in that, the last like five years have been. He just nuts. does. He just does whatever voice he wants like, to. What, what, is that a Boston accent? What the fuck? Uh, he, he kind of has been doing that in a bunch of movies. His Boston accent or something, some sort of yeah. ambiguous. Don't you think if you took him aside, Ronald, and said, "Forrest, what kind of accent are you doing?" He would say, "I don't know. I don't know." <laughs> he just <laughs> cried. I don't know. <laughs> God dang it. It's kind of South American. It's kind of Boston. Yeah, it's it's this fusion. Even in Star Wars, uh, yeah. Rogue One, he had that weird sort of yeah. like, what is this voice? What is it? Yeah. It's like, oh, 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 it's like, what? I don't know. I don't know what the fuck. Well, guys, I don't want to. I don't want to end this 200th episode by getting us stuck uh, in the past. So I'm gonna try to get us out of here. Okay. Now, hopefully, we can get us out of here and find ourselves a good a good ending point because we're about to be up to the end of this episode. So okay. let's just hope that we end up with, with something good. And I hope it doesn't go haywire and send us like too far into the future or too far into the past. Let's do it. I've never used it this many times in a row. So okay. This is this is heavy duty. All right. Here we are in April 2007. Wow. 2000. For some reason, there's, there's 70s music playing as we... <laughs> Must be a bug in the system. I know, man. It's like It's like a beta. Up. He's got the beta OS on it. I feel like the Timecaster should play era-appropriate music when you go to an era. If it's actually playing like 70s porn music, Ronald, that might mean there's something wrong with the Timecaster. Oh, man. I hope we're not stuck here. I hope not either. But anyway, April 2007... Okay, the Naked Brothers Band. I'd have never heard of that. I just thought I'd read it out loud. Are we done yet? 
Is that something? Mm-hmm. Firehouse Dog? What? Jesus Christ, what are these movies? The Reaping? Grindhouse? Ooh. Phantasm 3, Lord of the Dead? Rock the Bells? Disturbia? Fracture? Hot Fuzz? Fracture is Hopkins and Gosling? Oh, yeah. Yeah, good pull. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Hot Fuzz, Vacancy. Vacancy's fun. Yeah. Vacancy's real fun. Is that, that's, oh, is that Cavizio, yes. too? Mm-hmm. No, wow. no, no. That's... Um, what is that? Uh, Luke Wilson. Wilson, okay. So okay Luke okay. Wilson and Kate Beckinsale. Kate Beckinsale. I agree. I think that Vacancy is, like, underrated. Absolutely. Yeah. Or at least yeah. under-talked about. And uh, Wally's in that, right? Frank Wally? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one, man. I remember seeing that in the theater and being pleasantly surprised by it. Look. Hot Fuzz as well, but Vacancy no one was... Could've... Well, I wasn't surprised by Hot Fuzz. It was it was as good as I wanted it to be. Yeah. I'm saying Vacancy. I went into Vacancy like, ah, it's going to be like another right, right. kind of yeah. like April horror film yeah. or thriller, but uh, Vacancy's a lot of good good yeah. times. The characters, it seems like they did the things I would have done in that moment. Yes. Right. And I, I don't remember if I went into the movie thinking about that, but I noticed that, and that was my main takeaway was they wrote this movie where... If I was one of the characters, there wasn't something that I was going, just break Do the this. window or yeah. just try this. They, they were doing it and and the situation had accounted for that. The yeah. trap they were in, so to speak, had accounted for that. Yeah. And so I do think it, it stayed it stayed smart in that way. Here's the thing about vacancy. Once you see vacancy, you never want to see it done again ever unless it's done incredibly. And and all the other movies that I've had I've seen that try to pull off what vacancy did. They don't do it quite as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, vacancy set a standard for me in terms of uh, what what a what a twist can be, what a story leading up to a twist can be. So I, I thought it was a really cool movie. Then there was uh, Disturbia, which I really liked. And that also was the, uh, the rise of one Rihanna, um, Robin Fenty, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, when I fell in love with her and the song Disturbia that also came out with the movie I thought it was a kind of stripped down fun movie mm-hmm. that felt very real to me I like Disturbia there were that, that was a good and Grindhouse can we talk about Grindhouse yes did any of you go to the movies and Absolutely. see Grindhouse yes so did I so we all made it like a theater experience totally and I loved that yes I, 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 now, I used to say oh no Planet Terror was much better yeah than uh Death, death Note? Death, death Note? No, not Death, death Wish? D- death, death Car? Car? <laughs> What's it called? Death. Death Race? No. Death, death no. Note? Oh my God. Death Race? Death Car? <laughs> death <laughs> Proof. Death Proof. That's a much better death name proof. than anything we were just saying. Way, Way better. better. Yeah, but um, at, at the time, <laughs> I, th- I thought Death Proof had all of Tarantino's like worst qualities blown up. Right. I wonder if I would like that movie better now, and I would like Planet Terror less. I like Death Proof a lot. But at the time, I thought I I came out of it thinking Planet Terror was a lot of fun. I think Death Proof was more in line with an experiment. Like it felt more like the type of movie they were trying to do. Planet Terror was a little bit more like a a roller coaster. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I think, but but what I really loved about it, and that I thought could have been spiraled into more, was the idea of going to see a Bill. That's going to be about three hours and change long, and it's going to have an intermission, and it's going to have trailers. I love them. And it's going to have, let's see what's playing down at the double 
feature tonight. Yeah. Like it made me wish I was in the era of drive in double features where you would go see a couple of, of like horror movies. Yeah. And it's like the notion that you didn't know what the movies were, or maybe you didn't know, maybe this has never really existed, but in my mind, the, I'm not gonna, I don't know, I'm gonna go down to see the latest, makes difference, the yeah. latest spook film, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I loved that feeling, and it made me think it would be great if this brand was just, if every year, a couple of directors yeah. that you like yeah. would kind of wallow in these waters of, of exploitation. I mean, you could see how that could go sour, and it could become a little too meta, but I thought that that blast of those two movies and the six or seven trailers that were around them that in some ways are as memorable as the movies. Absolutely. Um, yeah. it, was a, it was such a fun night at the movies. And I left tired and not being sure about what I'd just seen, but having loved the, the feeling that the whole audience, too, was logged in yeah. for. Let's see what this is. Yeah. Let's see what this feels like. It's definitely one of the most memorable in the last you know decade of, of, of a movie-going experience oh, yeah. you know, for me. And yeah. I'm, I can remember vividly like going with... like. Lauren and our friend Rob, like, and them almost being late for it and being like, oh my God, I hope they don't miss it, you know? Right, like, right. Because it was, it felt very, like, it felt like an event that wasn't a big event film, but it itself was the event. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, yes. the, 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 the movie, yeah. you know, it just, it was so well sold on, like, the experience of, like, this yesteryear idea that, like, mm-hmm. doesn't exist anymore of sitting down and seeing two movies and, like, these really cool trailers that were made from other filmmakers that you like or that are up and coming or whatever it might be. Yeah. Like, Don't. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think Edgar Eli Roth right had one in there. Yeah. And, Eli uh, Roth was great. Yeah. yeah. Like, and, that may have uh, been the best thing Eli Roth's ever made because he got that that announcer voice yeah. that doesn't sound like a professional voiceover guy. It sounds like a guy going, this. Like a guy trying <laughs> yeah. to sound scary. Yeah. I thought that was so brilliant, you know, and it and, made uh, me think Humble of... Humble with a shotgun? Yeah. Wasn't that... No, awesome? no, no. It wasn't no, one no, of them. It, Humble no. with a shotgun wasn't. It was around that time though. Like oh. it came out a couple years within that. It was in that. It was like don't. And they had the the Thanksgiving one. Yeah, that was the Eli uh, Roth. Eli Roth one. And then uh, I didn't like Rob Zombie's one. The zombie. Why am I blanking? Um, Hot Fuzz director. Edgar Wright did. Edgar don't. Wright had don't. Yeah, I don't know. Just like really cool. They're really cool. Relevant filmmakers yeah. for the genre. Where like you know any one of those. They're directors... not my movies, but these are these little yeah. things, these little short trailers. Fun, I was like, fuck, it, what a bit like. Look at all this talent. Like, you buy a ticket and you're seeing all this shit. Yeah. Not to mention the chaos yeah. that they got for the two features. Right, right, right. I don't know. It was just, it was a, it was a blast. And, and that was, was a lot of fun. It was super cool that some of the people that showed up in the movies, they didn't necessarily show in the trailers either. Yeah. So you're like, oh my God, this yeah. person, how the fuck did mm-hmm. they get yeah. this person for the movie? It felt electric in that movie theater. It was a blast. If it, it was... had been flipped in the next year or a couple years later, it was Edgar Wright with a movie and yeah. Eli Roth with a movie and the other, you know what I mean? It could, yeah. you could have just, Gotten like everyone rotated to make it one. out. Yeah, yeah that, oh, that, that would have been, been so wild. Cool. There's something about stepping outside of your self seriousness yeah. that I think I like about that. Absolutely. Yeah. The jump cuts from mm-hmm. a bad film and oh, yeah. stuff like that. That was so cool. Yeah, I, I I just had not seen anything like that. I hadn't had that experience before. It was a memorable. Yes, it was one of those. It's like this. This gave me an experience. Yeah, and I don't doubt that maybe that's something that Tarantino sort of thinks about because he had that roadshow road thing yeah. with Hateful Eight where it feels like trying to think of some way that going out to the theater and seeing this is maybe the only way this exists in this form. Sure, is is yeah. there any other way to consume the the bill that we saw on screen that night? I mean, I'm sure there's a Blu-ray with the movies right. and then the trailers, but right. is there a sit down and watch it unspool I don't know. option? I, I don't I don't think so, I don't but think I, don't, I don't know for sure. I feel like I've always seen those movies sort of separated after yeah, that. broken out. Yeah. Not being referred to as Grindhouse. You mm-hmm. see, like, Planet Terror or right. Death Proof, yeah. The movies are also connected to that Austin film scene that lately has been in the news for the worst possible yeah. reasons because there's been this kind of boys' club of uh, 
of like, you know, there's been like some sexual abuse that has not gone noted and some harassment. And some of the big yeah. names in that scene um, have become, we see how toxic they really were. And you see that that film scene was kind of, uh, you know, like Tarantino Power and driven. Robert Rodriguez are the type of directors that were really catering to that sort of film geek yeah, world right. and now we see how that's kind of curdled like even in the world of geeks there's this boys club mentality that's really right. gross towards women oh, and, okay. and doing this podcast with you guys I think we've actually adjusted we've actually changed over the years I think we've become I'm sure there's still a certain amount of bro content in our banter but I feel like we've 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 noticed like yeah, those times when yeah. I've done the awards and I've done the let's recount the offensive jokes we made this year. I feel like once we all heard that, it's almost like okay, there's a certain way that dudes talk about movies and talk about women in movies. It's not to say you can never admit to being attracted oh, yeah, yeah, to a yeah. woman in movies, oh, but yeah. you realize there is still this there is still sort of a possibility of toxic masculinity sure. even amongst yeah. nerds who are sitting around talking about pop culture. Totally. Maybe even especially amongst nerds yeah. <laughs> sometimes. And and don't get me wrong, there may be times where I may bring it up again, but there's definitely like something about hearing your voice, re you know, echoed. You hear it again. Somebody's saying it to you after mm -hmm. they've listened to it. Not even in a way that they're like, you know, that was bad, but like repeating it, you're like, man, that sounded yeah, a little doesn't sound right. inconsiderate. Yeah. But I mean, I'm uh, not saying that we shouldn't be open about that stuff. I'm right. just saying it's useful for any guy to stop and think about when you have these conversations with other guys about this stuff. It's like, still try to represent what you think is right. Like, don't try yes. to be like, we're behind closed doors, we're all men here, and say things that you wouldn't say. Yeah. And if you are going to do that, think about why you would do that. Yeah, yeah. And think about why, again, I don't think we have, we don't have any slice of the pie that we're trying to protect for ourselves. But in that scene, oh, totally. that Austin film scenes around the Alamo Draft House and Fantastic Fest, if anyone's curious, they can find it all over social media. And there's a lot of articles. There's actually right now a wave of people coming forward, and I think particularly like female pop culture bloggers and journalists mm. telling these stories, not just their own, but getting other women to tell Talk their stories. I think it's it. really important that it be women. Right. But so yeah, we're doing our part to debroify it. I don't know anything else that stood out from that month. Well, where are we at on time? Are we no, stuck I was going to say this last time that we hit the button. I think our goal is just to hope that we end up in our era. I don't yeah. know what's going to happen, so maybe we should go ahead and say our goodbyes. Like, let's wrap the episode up and hit the button, and oh, people yeah. will just see what happens after this. Maybe the next episode will be too far into the future or too far into the past. I don't know. Man, look, I have some seafood in the fridge, and I'm hoping that I get back before that shit gets rotten. Yeah. You know, it's, it's important. That'd be really sad if it went rotten. Oh, fuck mm -hmm. it. I was just thinking about it. Does anybody myself. else have access to it to eat it in case you don't get back so it doesn't just get wasted? Right now. Just oh, me. sad. That that's boring. the greatest tragedy it's of all. If you get lost in the time stream, oh, that's sad. Yeah. If there's wasted seafood, that's not right. Then no one else would know got In, wasted. Insert Adele song here. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's how I feel right now. I don't know which one would be appropriate, but... Lost in the Time Stream? Okay. <laughs> Her number one hit. It's from 2020. You don't know that one yet. <laughs> yeah. I did a little dabbling with the Timecaster. <laughs> All right, so I don't know. You started us off, Ronald. You want to just hit the button this last time, Steve? How, how are we going to end this episode? This could be the last time anyone hears. I would us. just say like 200 episodes officially, not including the bonuses. It's it's been a really good ride. Yeah. And whatever happens, I don't regret any of this. Mm -hmm. And I, I thank you both. I love you guys. I love you too, man. Love you too. And I, I really I value what we put out there mm -hmm. into the podcast mm -hmm. first. Look. And I'm just hoping that it kind of all that positivity. I hope it when you hit the button, it it puts us back so that you know there can be a 201 and if it doesn't if the three of us become time ghosts basically yeah, mm -hmm, basically mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i hope the people don't mind listening to a podcast hosted by three time ghosts give yeah. us a chance 
Yeah. Let's we should we should we should plan where to meet if we get stuck as ghosts. Like we should meet up again. We could plan that out. Let's What's the next big movie that comes out that we're excited to see? Maybe we can Blade Runner. Okay, Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's let's not let's confuse look. the the timecaster and think we're actually talking about No, 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 no. <laughs> Please don't do no that. No timecaster. <laughs> Please do not do that. All right, everybody strapped in. Let's do I'm it. Ready. Steve, as always, you've made our day. But I... Push the button, Ronald. No! <laughs> <laughs> oh.